Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium in training. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we go on our paranormal investigations, ghost hunting trips, and crossing over earthbound spirits along the way. This is Ghosties. Welcome back, or for the first time, to the Ghosties Podcast. Yes, welcome back. My name is Christina. And I'm Missy, as per usual. Yep. How's your week been? Oh, girl. It's a week. (sighs) It's just the energy is real crazy. Yeah, it really Um, is. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into actually working a a pretty much real job, but from home. Yeah. So, getting in the mindset of shifting from marketing to ghosties is a little rough some days but they have been making themselves um known the ghosties yeah that is i've definitely been uh having some fun little boo you know bumps and whatever in the house things that go bump at night what is it things that go yeah things that go bump bump in the night didn't you have one the other night too yeah listen <laughs> they like to come at me when I'm in the shower, all right? And that is we've talked about this. The it's, bathroom thing. It's private time. <laughs> we've talked about the bathroom thing. And when we were welcoming it was a while back months ago. Yeah. I wanna say like September, because it was before the so. whole Halloween discussion of someone showing up yes. and scaring us. Mm-hmm. But it was maybe even like August, I don't know. The time has flown but yet dr- dragged on <laughs> in the year of the rona in the year and now that we're rona. out of the year of the rona we're back into another year of the rona anyways so <laughs> your face said it all if only you could see us Ugh. um guys i'm so over it <laughs> it's too much not over it not over like corona like i i'm trying to ignore it i know that this is very real and very serious you do a lot of social distancing and like staying home like you're yeah. really good about it yeah you're one of the few I'm just over it yeah it's <laughs> I'm an introvert by nature but I still like to see my family I and like, you like to be options able to, yeah you know I like to be able to see you guys and you know do the usual stuff yeah without there being COVID scares around every corner about it's somebody being potentially constant threat of death <laughs> yeah like you may have been exposed to someone who may have been exposed to someone who may have been exposed so you need to quarantine and it's waiting for test results and everything it's i know it's so nerve-wracking uh it's so stressful our heart goes out to everybody that's going through this right now yeah seriously because yeah. we've been we've been very fortunate and lucky to stay well throughout this dodging so. yes. the inevitable i feel like because man it's hard out here in these streets. it's so hard out here in these streets <laughs> We're not making a joke of this, but anyways, we're going to go back to, this was forever ago, but really just uh, August, I think, and mm-hmm. I, I was in the shower, and it's one of the few times where I get to, I have a, a little bit over a two-year-old boy, and yeah. if I shower in the morning, his dad's at work, so it's me with the shower door open and him watching Coco Melon or Blue's Clues in my bedroom, mm-hmm. messing with all of my things, but, and running in and out so that I know he's you know, not climbing on a dresser and whatever, doing something destructive. Mm -hmm. So this was actually a night and I went and took a shower and I was like, oh, like (laughs) he's in the den with his dad playing and like, you can actually, this is amazing. Uh The water, I can feel the temperature of the water, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I was in the shower and um, all of a sudden, I promise you that I thought Jackson ran up to the shower door and just banged on it with both of his hands. I mean, it was startling. Oh my gosh. And I just jumped and I was like, what? You know, and I opened the door with a quickness. Because I, I was did. so startled. Y'all, there was no, no one there. No one was there. Nope, don't like that. Nope. <laughs> and I was just, I think I stood there and listening to see if maybe he was running back out of the room and down oh, the yeah. hallway. No, he and Mike were causing all the commotion in the den, which yeah. is down the house. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So... This semi happened the other night, not as abrupt, but I was in the shower, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how to tell the story without it selling, sounding terrible, but I knew Mike was coming to get in the shower, you know, like it was before bed. Right, right, right. Yeah. It. Take a shower. Mm-hmm. And so I was washing my face, so of course, you know, my eyes are closed, there's soap everywhere, mm-hmm. and um, I heard the shower door open, so I just assumed it was him, so I quickly rinsed my face off. Mm-hmm. And I opened my eyes, and there was nobody there. And I'm oh like, "Oh my god, Ugh. here we go again." Now it didn't frighten me this time. Okay, but I was just kind of like, "What do you want? Like, who are you? What is happening?" Yeah, because I did not think it was the same person that startled me last time. Yeah. Um. The inner, I didn't feel anything really. It was just kind of like, "Well, that was interesting." Yeah. And then the next day, when I was in the bathroom, I heard what sounded like somebody get up off my bed. Because my bed is really loud. It's not even an old bed. And that kind of bothers me. Yeah. That any movement you make, it just sounds like an old creaky house. Yeah. So it sounded like somebody's, like, sitting up off Mm -hmm. my bed. Or, like, standing up. And I'm like, my husband's at work. Right, right, right. My kid's not in there. And either way, he can't get off the bed like that. That's still interesting, though. I've had something similar to that. Yeah. Like, feeling like one of the dogs had hopped up onto the bed, and it really hadn't. Yeah, see? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And something else happened with a book that we were going to use oh. for today's podcast. Yes. Yeah. This, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. This bothers me. We have a particular topic that we're talking about today. Yes. And I borrowed some books from Christina several months ago, and I started reading one of them. It was this particular book, and I just after a while, didn't have time to sit down and read it. So I have the books on a stack on my dresser in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. They've been living there collecting dust and me just going, wow, (laughs) good job, Missy. You really did this. (laughs) You really did some reading. Yeah. So we, um, when we were talking about what we're going to talk about today, talking about, talking about, talking about, (laughs) I like to repeat my words, obviously. Um, Christina got a message from one of her spirit guides referencing this particular book. And she said, didn't I loan you that book? And I was like, yeah, I have it. And she said, well, apparently there's a nugget of information in there that were, that's going to be beneficial. And I was like, well, I guess I better get out and read then. Because I knew I wasn't (laughs) going to see her before we recorded. So I wanted to find the little piece of information that maybe we needed. So I, that night... I went into my bedroom. I looked on my dresser. Now there's two different books there, and I don't. It's not like I know one of them's green and one of them's yellow. I've literally looked at these books one time, mm-hmm. the time that I read, um, you know, a little bit of one. Mm-hmm. And so you can't tell them apart, me personally, because I know nothing about the books. Mm-hmm. So I found the one I needed. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got in bed. I read a little bit, but I was so tired. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a long story. I'm sorry, but I'll probably, it's really (laughs) not though. It's good. So 
my husband came in to go to bed and I was like, you know, what? all right, I'm going to put this book down. I put it on my nightstand. It fell off the nightstand immediately. My first thought was, great, I'm probably waking my son up in the next room. So I was holding my breath. Mm -hmm. My second thought was, I'll pick it up in the morning. So the morning comes, and I said, all right, I'm going to take this into the den with me because I'm going to read some before Jackson wakes up. Yeah. Joke's on me because he woke up super early that morning, so there was no reading to be done. Mm -hmm. So it's on the couch. He, my kid decides he wants to go sit in mama's bed and watch Blue's Blues. Sure, kid. I'm tired. Let's go. And I pick the book up, take it with me into the bed. Take it in there. Jackson's looking at it, and I take it from him. Um, and then I decide to take a shower, so I put it back on the nightstand. Well, later, I went to pick it up and put it back on um, the dresser, and it mm-hmm. was not the same book. It was the other book, mm-hmm. The Convoluted Universe. And I'm like, this is not the book that yeah. I was reading. So mm-hmm. I go take it back to the dresser where the other book is sitting. The other book is a completely different book that I didn't even realize I borrowed from Christina. Oh, wow. So now we have three books allegedly in the mix. There were only two the night before. Mm-hmm. And I know the book I picked up was not The Convoluted Universe. It was The Vengeful Gen, which is the book that I was reading. Yeah. I cannot find you can't that find book it. anywhere. And you had it. I had it. You had it. Because I had to look for the name of the book to see which one I was picking up to read. Yeah. I wasn't reading, what is it, Slips in Space and Time. I wasn't reading The Convoluted Universe. I was reading The Vengeful Gen. Yeah. Y'all, this book is nowhere. It's it's very, well, but this has happened too, before to us, with like pictures and videos that we've taken for... For the podcast. Yeah, things disappear. Yeah, things will just up and disappear sometimes. I still can't find it. I have gone through my house, like, (laughs) overturning things. It's nowhere. I found um, the excerpt that we'll use for the podcast today, but it's really interesting how this kind of happens. Yeah. Around the time we're about to start recording, sometimes things will go missing. Yeah. Or we're looking for articles that we've read before and we can't find them. we can't find them. Which happened today. We're doing Mm -hmm. some research for some other stuff, and I can't find anything worthwhile that I've seen before. Yeah. I don't understand it. It drives me crazy. Christina was like, I think it's cool. We need to talk about it. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you think it's cool, but... She was like, I want to find the book. Where's the book? I'm like, we're going to do a spirit box session and find this book because this is too much. I know. I'm excited to hear about that. But... So. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today is the Kentucky Goblins, and this kind of hinges off of the first cryptid episode that we did last week with Mothman. Uh, there is apparently another different type of cryptid which resides in Kentucky called the Kentucky Goblins, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, Christina found this, um, is it a documentary? Did yes. say a documentary, mm-hmm. and she told me about it this summer, and it's actually called Hellier. Yeah, it's Hellier, like... Like hell, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, you have to watch this. This is really interesting. And at first I'm like, we're, we're doing ghost hunts. Why are we talking about <laughs> goblins? Like, is that even a re- I thought it was fake at first. I'm like, this is not real. It, the, some of the footage at the beginning looked like part of the Blair Witch Project. And I was like, all right, <laughs> what is this? But no, it's actually a really, really interesting documentary. Yes. It um, goes into detail about... Um, there's two paranormal investigators in the very first Hellier, um, that are a husband and a wife. Um, and they've devoted their life to this. Their names are, uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk. And they get a random email from someone they don't know, uh, named David, who lives in Kentucky. And wasn't it to, like, an email address of his old paranormal group from, like, 
his old like ghost hunting group from like when he was a teenager 15 years ago something ridiculous he said that his email for that particular you know website that they created i mean was you know ages old like how did it even exist (laughs) anymore it was something that they hadn't been checking regularly because i mean it was so old you know it just kind of was that dead account that we all leave you know right but he finally did check it and finds this email. Um, and it says it was a matter of life and death. We're not going to read the email, you know, word for word. But basically, uh, it's this man pleading with Greg and Dana to come out and help and investigate uh, the mine shaft uh, and cave that is in his backyard. He says that, uh, or claims rather, that small goblin like creatures. With large ears that look like uh, bald children come out of the mines and had terrorized his house and property and his family members. To give you an image, it kind of, they almost remind me of a cross of like an E.T. meets Stitch. Isn't that Lilo yes. Stitch? Uh-huh. But not blue. Yes. Like Stitch. Yes. Yeah. They said that they're lime green. Um, David, uh, I believe David said that they were lime green. But it came out later. Yeah. That the the pretty consistent color of them was lime green. Anyway, he was saying that he didn't understand what was going on. Um, they had eventually taken his dog. The goblins, according to him, had taken his dog. Uh, and eventually he had to flee the house and remove his family from the property because it was so dangerous. Was and it him that the so kids scared. were seeing them? Yes. Out they, the windows or something? They started that... seeing them, okay. I feel like. Something, yeah. Because his daughter said in the letter um, that she was seeing kids with no hair playing outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Yes. And once your kids get involved in seeing stuff, it's like, (laughs) I mean, I know some people can discount those things, but that is one of the creepiest things for me. Yes. Yeah. So they, they kind of went from there after the David email. Tried to figure out if it was a legitimate email or if it was just, you know, a hoax. Well, because they couldn't really get in touch with him. Right. They, they emailed him back um, and asked him for some proof. Um, and they told him, you know, like, hey, we're paranormal investigators. We work on, you know, ghost hunting and things like that. This is kind of out of our, you know, league. And he said, you have to show us something uh, tangible. So David ended up emailing back some pictures of the goblins. Um, they're they're blurry, but it does look like they could possibly be some like side profile pictures of. Weren't there footprints or something yes. too? Yes, there were footprints yes. in the mud. Yes, he sent a picture of it looked like a three toed footprint. Yeah, um, and they said that the the footprint had dorsal ridges, which is very hard to fake. Right, um, and it was also uh, the footprint was found. Right behind a mine shaft, I believe. Yeah. Because the black stuff that they had found. Right, right, right. Was indention. Or, you know what I'm trying to yes. say. It was from the coal mines after they. Right, right. Explode. I guess they fill coal mines with water. Um, I don't know if they do that on purpose or indirectly. Right. You know, just from atmosphere. Um, but it filled, the mine itself fills with water and then eventually the pressure of that water will push any barricades that have closed that mine out. Yeah. And it just floods the yard with this, like, black-looking soot. Yeah. And that's where they found the footprints. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, so they're trying to, you know, talk with this guy, and they can't figure out if it's real or not. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And they end up going. Yes. 
to Hellier. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to talk to people in the town. And they couldn't get a lot of people to talk to them. Right now. Couldn't get a lot of people to talk to them. And uh, I think from what they said, it was either in Hellier 1 or Hellier 2. Um, but eventually they found a lot of evidence where there's just a lot of weirdness that happens in Kentucky in general. And P.S. I love Kentucky. I have family that lives in Kentucky. I've so never been, so I have no time. <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion. Um, but so definitely not talking bad about Kentucky because um, I love Kentucky. Uh, but apparently there's like some weirdness that kind of centers around Kentucky yeah, for whatever reason. And that's what they go into in Hellier. So if you haven't checked it out yet already, definitely go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime streaming. And that's where we watched them do um, the Estes Method yes. on that documentary, which is really cool. It kind mm-hmm. of inspired us to get started, which if you've watched any of our sessions yes. on YouTube, um, and we've talked about it on here. Mm-hmm. That we do, but they do, they try to communicate with um, the creatures or whatever spirits around that can tell them things about, are these goblins here? Mm-hmm. You know, they go into yeah some of these. Yeah. It's really cool. I don't, for those of you who don't know what the Estes Method is, the Estes Method is, it's a divination tool, basically. Um, but what they found out was they took a regular uh, spirit box, one of the SP7 spirit boxes, that's basically like a rapid fire through different radio channels. Right. And as that happens, certain words stand out and pop out from the spirit box session. So what they did was they figured, well, what if we made the person the actual person doing the experiment, the receiver to the information by feeding the spirit box audio into some headphones and then almost like creating like a a sensory deprivation tank. They cover their eyes, they cover their ears, and they just have the person sit stationary. Then they have someone else ask the person questions. And they can't hear it. Yes. Or see anything. Right. So, and what they found was that it became kind of like a back and forth conversation. Yeah. And I mean, we've done it several times and it's, I mean, it ain't no Ouija board. It's no, good. it's not. <laughs> um, but when they were in one of these like caves and they did like a session, like you could hear things yes. in the distance. Yes. Um, there, there's another reference to a tin can. Mm-hmm. That they actually, I can't remember how it happened, but they ended up seeing a tin can or something. I think hearing uh, it. I think Carl saw it when he did the, the sp- yeah the Estes method. Yeah, session. so he the spirit fed him the image of a tin can. Well, then they were leaving this area and they ended up seeing one like out yeah, in the cave in the in the cave or something. Well, random piece of information <laughs> off topic. <laughs> Last night I was sitting in my den and my husband and my son had gone to bed. And I heard this noise outside the window, and I couldn't really figure out what it was. Um, It just sounded almost like something hitting a tin roof. And I was like, that was really weird because it sounded really close yet really far at the same time. So this morning, all of a sudden, when Christina gets here and we're kind of discussing, I'm like, I feel like I need to tell you that you're going to hear things today. And it was just out of nowhere. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. And I was sitting in that chair last night, and I just... 
to her blurt out 10 can and she's yeah. just looking at me she's she like she blurted out 10 can she's like, like what? what and i was like i don't know where that came from but i'm about to tell you a noise i heard last night and now i have to tell you it was a 10 can and i don't know how i know that but i know it <laughs> she i can attest to that yeah. she definitely did she was like i don't know why it's weird but i have to tell you i think so, you're gonna hear stuff in here today. and now christina has set the intention this yes. week to be given information about these so-called goblins um you know, maybe in dreams, maybe from messages, whatever. So I think it's funny that Christina sets this intention, yet Missy is over here <laughs> having people bang on the shower and or open the shower door and drop tin cans out the window. Should we tell them what I dreamt? Should I tell them what they dreamt or what I dreamt about last night? Oh, yeah. I dreamt last night. Um, I've been having weird dreams lately anyway. Um but I dreamt last night that I was standing in front of, um, it looked like a cave, and I could hear, I can't even describe the noise that was coming from the cave, but it was also like coming from the ground. And I mean, I dreamt other stuff that was weird last night, but yeah. I can definitely, you know, vividly remember um, dreaming that. So we're going to try and experiment later today. Um kind of mess with the Estes method a little bit and kind of tweak it um, to see if we can get some answers about the goblins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's, um, you know, you, you really should, if we're kind of really confusing you, maybe this isn't your cup of tea or maybe you're interested, you really should watch Hellier because they start talking about other, like, things you know we've talked about before about like being out in the woods and hearing babies crying oh right right, random things that draw you in well people near these caves and mine shafts also would hear women screaming babies crying that kind of lure you in yes so it had that whole weird element to it also they referenced potentially maybe some Oh, yeah. Don't come find us, but military involvement or something, (laughs) you know? Well, what they did was, and I thought was genius about what they did, was they were like, we're just going to go where we're led. And what they were eventually led to was some secret societies, yeah, and some cult activity that's going on um, in the area. And they were kind of turned around at some point by police, right? Yes. The one guy that explores. When he went to the court. Tyler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff, and I like that they didn't um, avoid that particular part of the story because it was a part of it. Yeah. That's where they got led. Um, so if you're into like to some conspiracies and potentially some like yes. cover up stuff, there's also that aspect in there, which yes. I am frightened and also <laughs> love it at the same time. Listen, I love a good conspiracy theory. But I'm not going to break into my mom's house over it. So. No. Nope. Yeah. We don't have foil hats on. No. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so goblins. And again, I, goblins I always thought was just like a Halloween creature. But yes. little, are they aliens? Are they mm-hmm. real? Are they dimensional creatures? Is it, you know, are they little cryptids like the Mothman and Bigfoot and all these things? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um... Did you want to talk anything more about Hellier, or should we get into some of the other stories? I think we should go into the stories. I okay. think that would be good. Um, so we're going to read just a couple of different accounts. Um, of different times in history, not just this Hellier reference. Yes, um, where some goblins were referenced um, in the Kentucky area. So the first yeah. one 
that we uh, came across was the Hopkinsville Goblin account. Um, so on the evening of August the 21st, which FYI, I thought I was reading this, but go ahead, Christina. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, take it away. She's throwing things. <laughs> things are happening. Uh, no, 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 go. What were you going to say, though, a side note? Oh, so I found out that August the 21st was my grandma Carol's birthday. Oh. Yeah. Synchronicities. So when I, yeah. When I found that, I was like, oh. Synchronicities. They also talk about that in Hell Year 2, about how random coincidences, <laughs> kind of like how your great-grandmother and my great, oh, yes. or I'm sorry, your great-aunt and my great-aunt share the same name, and she actually, your yes. great-aunt lives in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And we're like, why didn't we ask her questions? I know. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. Okay. Take it away. Sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry about her. (laughs) I'm going to read the Hopkinsville Goblins account. All right. This was, it says, um, let's see. Excuse me. I'm not nervous at all. Here I go. On the evening of August 21st. (laughs) Sorry about us today. What is happening? What are, what are we doing? All right. On the evening of August 21st, 1955, five adults and seven children arrived at the Hopkins Hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse mm-hmm. and they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly four hours. Jesus, take the wheel. What were they wearing that the gun... And what kind of guns were they using? We'll find out. Like <laughs> the cat guns or... I know, right? I know. Okay. Two of the adults, Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor, mm-hmm. not Cyrus, um, <laughs> claimed they had been, we just put our age out there real hard, <laughs> claimed they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark figures who repeatedly popped up at the doorway or peered into the windows. Ew. I was going to try and put an achy, breaky heart reference on Please don't. But... <laughs> Let's just, we're going to pretend I didn't even say that. Uh <laughs> Concerned about a possible gun battle between local citizens, four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell, mm-hmm. drove to the Sutton Farmhouse located near the town of Kelly in Christian County. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Truly. <laughs> so it they're was. all going because they're like, we think these people are just battling other people and we need to stop this. Mm-hmm. Their search yielded nothing apart from evidence of gunfire and holes in window and door screens made by firearms. Mm-hmm. The re- or let's see, this is a whole lot of ha- family history here. Residents of the farmhouse included Glennie Lankford, her children Lonnie Charlton, is that Charlton? I or think Carlton? So. Yeah, and Mary, two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer Sutton, John Sutton, and their respective wives, Vera and Aline. Mm-hmm. Aline's brother, O.P. Baker, and Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> just kidding, Billy Ray Taylor, <laughs> and his wife, June. So all these, those were all the names of the people there. Uh-huh. Both the Taylors, um, Lucky and Vera, were reportedly, excuse me, itinerant. Is that what that is? I believe so. They were carnival workers that were visiting yes. the farmhouse. Uh-huh. The next day, neighbors told two officers that the families had packed up and left after claiming the creatures had returned about 3.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. Now, it kind of reminds me of that David yes. uh, Christie story. Yes. Is his last name Christie? Yes. Of, you know, they're these little things were out there and I mean, he wasn't shooting at them. I don't think, but, and it ended up driving him away. They left, mm-hmm. they up and left. he took his family and up and left. Yes. So it's interesting that however many, what, 50, 60 years later. Yeah. Uh, don't 
get my, don't judge me on my math because <laughs> I don't know what year we're in right now, um, that this happens again to a different person mm-hmm. um, on a different scale. Yeah. It's interesting too, like you said, um, that they worked with the carnival because you see that a lot with people that, not the carnival specifically, but people that are transient, always moving, never really call one place home. Um, people who've been marginalized by society. Right you know, quote unquote outcasts and things like that tend to have more, it's that old saying like, like yeah, like as above, so below, you know, what you create in your mind, you create in your reality. Right. And yeah, and they're probably open to more like things, whereas if Mm -hmm. it was some strict, you know, Mm -hmm. Christian family that didn't do anything but go to church and read the Bible, they would have been a whole different story. Right, right, right. But yeah, so that is interesting. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine I still want to know what kind of guns they were using. Listen, I just, I know I would fall out dead if I saw something crazy. So listen. I don't know what I would do. Let me just put it out there if y'all are planning on anything. Listen, you, know. you asked for it, Christina. <laughs> just slowly do it. You don't asked just, for it. We'll just pop out. Can you imagine? It's like that story you found the other night about the guy that his daughter was seeing eyes through their window. Oh, yeah. Ugh. This is another, yeah. Ugh. Listen, y'all, don't go down the Reddit rabbit hole Please. before bed. Because don't. It's, they got some scary ones in there. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, this other account um, comes from some of the old stories that the coal miners would uh, talk about from the actual mines at Kentucky. They had a name for the goblins. They called them Tommy Knockers. <laughs> That's funny to me. <laughs> um, it said miners who have spent a lot of time underground claim that they can hear Tommy Knockers more than they can see them. Well, knockers. Ugh. That makes sense. <laughs> They would sometimes hear them knocking and tapping on the other side of the walls of the solid rock. When the miners knocked on the walls themselves, the Tommy knockers would knock right back. Mm-mm. They were often blamed for cave-ins or disappearances of valuable tools. And many miners made a habit of leaving a small portion of their lunches for the entities in order to keep the well, peace. Well, that's kind of nice. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Leaving a little offering. I know, right? Tommy knockers can be ill-tempered and cruel, and it is believed. It is believed. But on the other hand, they're, they could also be credited with attempting to offer comfort to trapped miners and even saving their lives. Huh. Not all Tommy knockers, it would seem, appear as diminutives. Yeah. Uh, some appear to witnesses as quite human-looking, aside from being oddly apparelled for such underground excursions. And there's a newspaper clipping here. Um, this is from the Belva Mine Disaster. I can barely read this. <laughs> it says, Interviews with survivors of the mine explosion on December the 28th, 1948, excuse me, 1945, appeared in the December 1981 through January 1982 issues of Pineville, Kentucky, and other newspapers, telling how the trapped men saw a quote-unquote door in the mine wall open. No. And a man dressed like a lumberjack emerged from I know, emerged from a well-lighted room, lighted room, excuse me. After assuring the men that they would be rescued, the stranger and visitor returned to the room and closed the door. Uh, let's see. Well, that's nice that he was able to tell them your Yeah. But not creepy at all. It says, um, on December the 40th, excuse me. December the 40th. (sighs) That was like last December. I know. December actually went by fast. Anyways. This was, it looks like the same, uh, little ad here. But December 26th of 1945, a mine explosion. Excuse me. 
a mine explosion in. I feel like I'm mixed up my pages here. Uh oh. Um, but anyway, this was just basically saying how um, there was a mine explosion in Kentucky and it trapped several miners. And again, the miner said that they, you know, were afraid. They thought they were going to die. They didn't think they were going to be able to get out. And then all of a sudden, this doorway appeared in the rock. And here's and... Paul Bunyan and Babe coming out. Yeah. On your... <laughs> Babe the Blue Ox. <laughs> but that it's so crazy. Yeah. Now you could say, you know, okay, well, maybe they were oxygen deprived. All of them saw the same thing. You know, but exactly. All of them saw. And it's not like he came out and scared the crap out of them. He came out and said, hey, everything's going to be okay. They're going to come and rescue you. Well, should we mention that weird story that I found? About the um, them going down into the spider holes. I know. Oh. We don't have this written down, so you're going to have to forgive us. Oh. It was during the Vietnam War, right? Yes. I remember you had referenced um, them saying there were random goblins and things. And Sorry, there's a bunch of people walking outside my house right now. <laughs> we don't usually record in this front room. And I'm like, where did these 87 children come from? <laughs> <laughs> sorry about me. Um, so they're... Um, they would go, there There was a job of certain, like, men in the military in Vietnam, and they would have to go down into these spider holes. Yeah, they called them tunnel rats. Tunnel rats, yeah, was what they were called. And they would have to go down there. I don't know if they were going out there to find They were going down, like hiding. to see if the Viet Cong had, was still in the, uh, in the hole, and then they were supposed to destroy the hole by throwing right. some C4 down there. Yeah. yeah. So these guys went down into this hole, and they find, like, an oil lamp and a tarp on the floor. So when they move yes. the tarp, it's like a passageway down further or something. They found stairs. Stairs, stairs. Yes. So they go into this room and they see this giant weird statue of like a naked woman. And she ha- appeared to have like all these tentacles. Mm-hmm. And there was like a group of men sitting around this statue. Yes. And it looked like they were almost like zombies, right? Yes, that's what they said. They said that their eyes were solid. Um, they couldn't yeah. tell what solid color they were, but like everything blended together. The whites of their eyes, you know, their pupil, yeah. the colored part, it was all just one solid color. And there was like a pile of their guns in the corner or something, and they were all rusted over. Rusted. So it's like, how long have they mm-hmm. been? And some of y'all might be thinking that this is Medusa that they were... Um, no, she had the snake hair. Yeah, they said that it was it was tentacles as her bottom half. Yeah, so she like Ursula. Yes, there you go. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> except Ursula wasn't naked because we didn't watch that version. Oh, unfortunate souls. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, so they find these people down there, and they're in like this trance, like half rocking back and forth, basically yeah. in this trance in front of this idol. And uh, his partner says, don't, because this guy goes to touch the idol. And he said, don't touch it. We need to get out of here. We're out of here. Yeah, he was like, I saw something like this at the bayou. Because I guess he was from Louisiana. Yeah, which reminded us of, like, voodoo and stuff. It just took us down this whole other, like, rabbit hole. But, you know, there is this account. You can actually Google that. You can find it on the Google. So it must be true. (laughs) But, so, I don't know why that, I think it was because I was searching for goblins and then this is what came up. But that's also something that they talk about in Hellier and something that we ran across when we did research for this topic is that there's lots of different accounts about not just goblins, but about 
these subterranean type of like cryptids or humanoids yeah. that live underground or live in caves. Yeah. Like I even found somebody that said that their theory um, about these goblins is that the earth is hollow. Yeah. Now I don't necessarily, I don't believe that the earth is hollow, but. It's interesting to dive into some of these. Mm-hmm. And there was some reference, I think you were talking about how a lot of these creatures have the ability to like hypnotize you. Yes. Like in on across different reports of different types of Yeah, there's this interesting like there's details that tend to repeat themselves in paranormal stories. And that's where, you know, people are able to find patterns and see if they can figure out what's causing this phenomenon, you know, what's triggering it. But one of the things I noticed as I was reading books about cave creatures, cave cryptids in general, is people would have these encounters and they said that they would come in contact with an actual, an actual like person standing there and their eyes would actually, once they locked eyes with them, they couldn't like look away. He said it was almost like they felt like they were in this hypnotic trance and then they started being drawn towards the cave. Yeah. And I hear that a lot um, from people who have actual demonic encounters. It's like as soon as they lock eyes with whatever it is, they can't look away. So it's almost like it's a tool, like a hunting tool of theirs to kind of pull people closer. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So now you actually um, talk to some of your guides about some of this to kind of see, are these things real? Are they dimensional? So I asked, um, I asked my guides about if they could give me any sort of information that may not have been covered in Hellier, because I didn't just want to, you know, talk about um, things that they talked about in Hellier. So one thing that they brought to my attention was the jinn. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with what the jinn are, the well, there's jinn, a book about it, but I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of pop up a lot in Arabic culture. Um, they believed that the jinn were spirits that were created from smokeless fire. They called them genies at some point. Yes. They referenced genies. Yes, that's another you know name that they used um, is genie. And according to them, these beings um, were the keepers of the earth, if I'm remembering correctly. So if I'm butchering this, I'm so, so sorry. Apparently the genies and the jinn were the keepers of the earth prior to humans being on earth. And then... Uh, they were driven underground and please forgive me. I can't remember why exactly they were driven underground. Um, but they eventually were, uh, they kind of morphed into this, not so much caretaker, but almost like a trickster kind of demonic, um, energy. You know, everything that I've read about the gin says, you know, try your best not to encounter them. Um, they inhabit caves. That's the primary uh, residence for the most part. Um, except for, they also mentioned how the different gin are different colors. Right. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably seen like blue gin for the genie, you yeah. know, like on Aladdin. But apparently they're actually green ones. So in the book, um, I found this on Google. The Google. It, it, it talked about how um, the green gin are the ones with the least amount of power, but that they reside in the ground. And how we should always be very mindful about where we step. You know, don't stick your hand in a hole in your I mean, yard. I'm definitely not like catfishing that. anywhere, you know. All right. So they talked about the gin. Um, 
when I talked to Espy about it, uh, she gave me an impression like these are actual beings. Right. Um, similar to how she made me feel about Mothman. Uh, but the interesting part was I asked her, you know, like, do they really live in caves? Is there really it? Like, are they living in the middle of, you know, our earth? Is our earth hollow? And she made me feel like the earth isn't like tangibly hollow. She showed me how it's like this one big sphere of different dimensions within our earth and, you know, outside of the earth. And she said, that's no different. So she referenced like, you know, where it said all of a sudden a door appeared on, on, you know, stone and this man stepped out. She was like, that's a dimensional thing. Um, Kind of like how we discussed like Bigfoot and stuff like that disappearing or popping in and out from dimension, you know, dimensions. Right. So they're real, but they're not. Right. They're dimensional. That's the way she made me feel. Yeah. Um, And I asked her several times, like, are these tangible, actual creatures that you can put your hands on? Like, can we put them in a bicycle basket and fly to the moon (laughs) like E.T.? That kind of thing. Do they eat Reese's Pieces? She wouldn't tell me what they ate. (laughs) Not she would tell me what they, you know, she was very selective with what she said, but, um. I bet she's listening to us now going, you are just butchering this. <laughs> Nobody eats Reese's Pieces. It felt very, Just like, kidding, I do. It felt, I don't think that I'd ever kind of really gotten into this subterranean, excuse me, aspect about cryptids and, you know, aliens and the phenomenon. But it really does feel like it's something in the ground, but dimensional. Which is also weird because when you think about it, we talk about that whole earth to water kind of. Right. It's a break in nature. A break in nature. And there's water, you know, under in a lot of these caves. Yes, absolutely. I don't know enough to say, is it in all of them? Because that's the part of the earth. But I guess I need to go back and take some more high school classes again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's kind of interesting that it's also one of those, Mm -hmm. you know, areas. It's interesting, especially with the hollow earth theory, um, because they say that the core of the earth is a central sun, and I've channeled things from entities that have said we are from the great central sun. So when I saw the actual diagram of what people claim is the inner earth, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's interesting, because I've definitely channeled some stuff. I'll have to show you the diagram. When it said central sun or the great central sun, I was like, oh. That's interesting. (laughs) Oh, that's where you came from. (laughs) Let me get my sage out real quick and just not stick my hand in any holes. Full disclosure, like they were beautiful, loving messages that I channeled. (laughs) We don't do anything dark, so. Yeah. But I found it I say we, but really you. (laughs) And I hear, well, and it's funny because as I was saying that, I'm hearing her say, as above, so below. So maybe it's just a figurative place that they that they're talking about, right? Because the inner earth, you know, could be our heart, our soul. Right. Outer earth could be our head. So you put things into perspective that I never think about. Oh, stop! That sounds so beautifully oh, spoken. S- oh, stop! I'll give the credit to Espy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, girl. Give her the credit. Thanks, girl. <laughs> I have a better relationship with Christina's spirit guides than mine because I'm always asking Christina questions and they're like, oh, not this one again. Hello. <laughs> not this one again. Tell her to talk to her own spirit guides and meanwhile mine are just standing behind me with their hands crossed like, we're here whenever you want to know. She talks to her. 
Yeah, well. She does. Anyways. So that's what, that's what the theories were that she gave me. Um, And I got the feeling like maybe it wasn't completely time to know. Maybe like, that's why they hid the book from everything. me. Everything, yeah. That's what my spirit guides do. They hide stuff from me. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to get this done? You want an experience? Here's an experience. Tough. Talk about it. <laughs> Talk about Worry it. Worry about it. Do it now. <laughs> I push their buttons, I think. I push my spirit guide's buttons. I know. I piss, I piss mine off. Yeah. Watch your <laughs> sure language. I do. Or we're going to have to change this podcast to a different rating or they're going to kick us off. I know. Anyways. So, so yeah. yeah. I don't know if any of you have ever thought about goblins. I know before Christina told me about Hellier, I was like, what? <laughs> like real like goblins you know like, what's so crazy is last night before kyle and i went to bed you know how like all the classic cartoons are up on um, amazon and hulu and stuff mm-hmm. like that he found the old school gummy bears that i used to watch as a kid yeah did you ever watch gummy bears yes gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere yes mm-hmm. sorry about us well there are goblins or they call them ogres in uh gummy bears but they look a lot like the Kentucky Aren't ogres, goblins. like, supposed to be giant or something, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think these were giant, but they looked like they had the ears, the green. So when I, I turned it of, on, I was like, interesting. My first thought of a goblin would be, like, Slimer from Ghostbusters. But <sighs> but when they describe them, it's more like a little E.T. with stitch ears, like I said. Basically. Yeah, a little goblin. Ooh. Ooh a little goblin. <laughs> <laughs> they just sound like little brown sticky creature you know like they just look like they're like sticky wet skin Ugh. <laughs> wet skin and jam hands they said jam hands. like my child <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting yeah so i've never really thought about goblins until now and here we are we mm-hmm. just talked about goblins for 40 minutes i know and guys if you have stories about the kentucky goblins or goblins in general be sure to email them to us at theghostiespodcast at gmail.com. Yes, or reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. We're actually going to do a couple of videos after this. Yes. Um, and you can comment on there, too. And if you end up watching Hellier, which I recommend you do, um, don't drag a friend or partner into it that's not into that stuff because I made the mistake of watching the first episode <laughs> with my husband, and he was just like, this is slow. I'm bored. Um. <laughs> So I couldn't really, I didn't get enough out of the first episode, but I got enough to where I watched both seasons. They're not long, yeah. um, but they're really interesting. Yeah, guys, you guys if y'all should are, totally watch that. If y'all are looking for a documentary that's good, um, it's it's not like one of those hokey documentaries that you turn on. There's like some, you know, superimposed deep voice. No, you know, no, no. Out. It's not. It's not crappy. These and, guys worked really hard at this. Yeah, and I'm the skeptical one that really critiques these things like is this real or are they making it up and it was it was good yeah i would suggest it yeah it's on we're not this is not an ad but they're on it's on amazon prime yeah they're streaming yeah Hellier season one and, and season two, two yeah on, and i think you amazon can prime. if you look up on instagram and stuff you can find stuff about hellier and mm-hmm. so it's really cool yeah all right guys thanks for listening i hope you didn't fall off <laughs> our next episode hopefully will be another ghost share episode so get us your stories yes definitely. Um, somebody was saying they didn't know if we took ufo stories but we take all of them we take them all weirdness yes. weird synchronicity stories ufos ghosts 
whatever. Yes. We will do our best to share them and do you justice with your story. Absolutely. We don't have to mention your name. So, again, like Christina said, you can email us at theghostiespodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Message us on Instagram, Facebook at Podcast, and even find us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And hopefully later today we should have some uh, Spirit Box sessions up on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. See you next Bye. time. Bye.